2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors. And the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota. The number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously? dear gas prices? Do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.
1: Based on manufacturer estimates, CY2000 2000 through 2021 sales. Will Briggie Harper, they are still your team, as said in the intro there, and very much the case this season, and very much the case on Sunday. Wow, what a day. Uh, We are going to unpick it all. Joining me to do it, Sarah Halpin. Sarah, how are you?
0: Well, do you know what, Matt? I think if we'd have been recording this a day before, or two days before, I wouldn't have been able to do it, because I had no voice. Like all of us, I think I'm feeling significantly better all round in everything I do. Uh, since that that win from the Mighty Blues on Sunday. It's just changed. I've not been sleeping. I've not been eating well. <laughs> everything. And, you know, it's it's mad what a, what a win can do for you. And we'll go on to talk about it. But the scenes with the fans, the Alsatian, everything about that day is just... It's why we love this club, isn't it? So, yeah, it's good It's good to be back on the show.
1: Yeah. A, a sentence I didn't think that be getting said on the podcast at the start of the season. The <laughs> scenes, the fans, the Alsatian. But, you know... <laughs> We are where we are. Les Roberts also joins us, uh, fresh from uh, a really enjoyable post-match effort in the Denby Castle um, on, on Sunday, uh, interrupted by Keith giving updates on the Arsenal game and the odd rendition of Zedcard <laughs> being blurred out. But uh, how are you doing, mate? Have you, have you calmed down after Sunday Yeah.
3: I'll be honest, I don't even know what I said on that post-match. Have you had a few scoops? What's that? Have a few scoops? I did, yes, so the kids didn't go to the game. The weekend, um, so I had like free reign, <laughs> so we made the most of it. I think I got to bed about two o'clock in the end. I went home quite handy, but then just carried on drinking when I got in. I think I got to bed at two o'clock and I agreed to do five live at six twenty. Oh, I want
1: to listen
0: like? to that back. By the way, I
3: don't know do what I said on five live. Either. <laughs> I definitely, I
1: definitely didn't swear. Put it that way, but. I hope you've not libeled the Blue Room at any point here.
3: I've not. I, I, I hope I just it was, It wasn't Les Roberts of the Blue Room. It was just Les Roberts, so there was no connection there, unfortunately. <laughs> that, I, think, I, I think it did all right. That's fine, then. That's, that's
1: fine. Man. I'm but, getting
0: uh, on BBC Sounds now and listening
1: to this back. Yeah. <laughs> 6.20 Monday. Yeah. If I, was, if I was a better editor, I'd go back and drop it in right now, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'll, spare, I'll spare Les. <laughs> Uh, and his no doubt croaky voice, the, the embarrassment. But, I mean, let, let, let's just great, get straight into it, because obviously you guys were both lucky enough to be there. I was meant to be there, but unfortunately my flight was delayed for hours and I missed it. Oh. So I ended up watching it in a scatty pub in Manchester, trying not to make it obvious. <laughs>
0: of all and places.
1: Was, yeah, trying not to make it obvious that I was an Everton fan, but by the end I was just screaming at the telly. <laughs> <laughs> Unashamedly, people giving me funny looks. But, I mean... Sarah, you know you you were you were sat pitch side. Obviously, you, you do the sh- the shows with the club beforehand, and, and all the media, the bits and pieces. And and you were there. You were, you were in proximity, you know, for the stuff going on at the start, the goal, the celebrations. I mean, just 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 talk us through what what it was like and, and where it sort of ranks in in the best Goodison days for you.
0: It's right up there, and you know, I know that there might be people listening to this or whatever. Go, what you know, you're still in the relegation zone, etc. But I think like every Evertonian that was there or not there, just watching the game on the day. That's the most confident I felt about us surviving um, in in weeks and months, probably even because the fight that was shown and everything that comes with the day. You know, the night before I didn't sleep well. And I'll be honest with you, at about three in the morning, I could hear fireworks from mine. And that made me laugh because I was getting messages of people saying about the rumours and that. And I was laughing my head off. Um, and then the next. Could day, just obviously... stop you there.
1: I mean, how many fireworks did they buy? Because well, it was going on for about three hours, wasn't it?
0: It was because I remember about midnight or after midnight hearing one lot, and then around three am hearing them going again. And you know, if that's from town, I'm in Walton. You know, that's a decent, a decent distance away, and it was, and I was laughing my head off. I thought, up the toffees, you know. Like we, after the Burnley game, I think we all kind of went right. Then, what are we going to do about this? And uh, you know, the the boys went obviously, and girls, whoever went down and did the fireworks. It wasn't me. I have to just clarify that. But you know, it was that in itself started it. I think for me, getting to work on on the Sunday and feeling apprehensive, but you know, wanting to go into doing the show being as positive as can be, and. I could hear from pitch side, couple of hours, good couple of hours before the game, you could hear all the fans on Goodison road. And me and Snods were saying, you know, we had goosebumps. We were sort of getting a lump in our throat because oh, it was just magic. And that gave us the sense of we're going to win this game today because we were right up for it. The players were up for it. You know, obviously getting to be pitch side. Um, first half I did in the park end, second half moved to the Gladys street with the club photographer to capture some bits and bobs and, somehow managed to capture the goal and the celebrations whilst trying not to just lose my head, you know, almost tears coming down my face, absolute scenes. And, you know, the flares, the smoke. Oh, it was just, it was amazing. It was just pure raw aggression, but nice aggression like Lampard had said and the unity and to get that result over the line, the saves from Pickford, everything about that game. And, you know, we had gone into the game, five points behind Burnley and Leeds and, I think they would have been thinking, right? They've got Chelsea. We could really, we're in a bad spot. That win changes so, so much for so many reasons. And yeah, it was, it was right up there with the very best event. They certainly, for the atmosphere, incredible.
1: I mean, I've, I've certainly never seen Goodison like that, Les, in in respect of you know what happened beforehand. And you know, as Sarah mentioned there, he, even when we scored the goals, there's about three or four smoke bombs on the pitch at full time. You could see them all over the place. Obviously, it's been well documented that you could see the blue smoke sort of, you know, lingering across the stadium from the Wirral when people were taking photographs there. And, you know, you, you've seen some of the worst days at Everton, some of the, some of the best days at Everton. you know, I, I certainly can't, obviously can't look back at the 80s and say what, whether it was like that, whether it was that raucous, whether it was that, that colourful and, and that, that picturesque. But have you ever seen it quite like that before?
3: No, never i have. I've never known an atmosphere after the final whistle like there was on um, on the Sunday. Sunday wasn't it? Yeah. On Sunday, um, it's. I know we've not had many times at the top, but it's a different kind of emotion when you're down the bottom and you need to win, than when you're up the top and you need to win. I mean, you can see when we were going for Champions League or when we've been going for the Europe. At the time, that's the be-all and end-all. But it, I think it, I've said this before. It, it, I might have said this in post-match, actually, if I could remember. That getting into Europe doesn't define your club for the next 10 years. Getting relegated could quite easily define this this club for the next generation. So I think after that, after the Burnley game on Saturday, I was on the floor. I think everyone was, weren't they? The way Burnley came back and, that, and you thought, oh, we're not catching them. It was just like... It was proper on-the-floor stuff. City did, us, did us a bit of a favour, um, beating Leeds 4-0. But even so, going into this one, was like, we really need something. But we didn't go into it moping. We didn't go into it feeling sorry for ourselves. We went into it thinking, like right, we can all do something about this. We've had Chelsea's number the last three seasons. To make it four was going to be a stretch because a team as good as Chelsea don't often come to Goodison and get beaten four years on the run. It just doesn't happen, does it? But I think as you said, Sarah, everyone pulled together. This has been a really weird season with lots of like the fan base has been completely fractured at times, you know, been pulling all different directions. There's been protests that people have booed and not got on board with, people doing their own thing, not not agreeing with the protest stuff like that. I think this in a weird way, has pulled everyone together because it's all, we've got to We've got to come together. We've all got to pull in the same direction and, you know, fair play to everyone who got there early at the weekend and everyone who organised it because it could have been a fair bit of pushback on that because, you know, it's what that lot across the park do. But that was just put to one side and I was like, do you know what? No, we, we'll do this. We'll show them what it means to us and it clearly worked and it's, you know, you can sort I've, I've seen some snarky comments saying we're oh, doing that for the team in 18th. It's like, it doesn't matter where you are. It's the situation that you're in. When you go, when you like mid-table, there's no reason to turn up to the game and do that because, you know, you can't get yourself up for a game where you, oh, we might finish ninth or we might finish eighth or we might finish tenth. It doesn't matter in the scheme of things. But if you're going for titles or if you're trying to keep your team in the division, you know, that that's when your support really, really matters. And I think that that's been the best thing about it. It showed that the supporters really, really matter. Um, I, ju- I just hope we can take this on now, regardless of where we are next season. I hope we take this on and we're all sort of unified behind the team. We, you know, we, can, we can discuss at a later date the, the stuff in the boardroom and how badly the club's performed in all other areas, uh, uh, even on the pitch. I think at the minute, if we all get behind the team and do this, it's just, it's a good atmosphere. It's, it was nice. It was enjoyable going to Goodison. And I think the last, what Man United, Newcastle and Chelsea, I don't think have ever been as exhausted after watching a football match as those three. But it's been it's been so good going back to the game. And it, it's got us back up for you know, looking forward to going back to the game. It's not what we want, but we've got something to play for, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah.
1: And I think I think it it sort of seemed to start, and it didn't obviously work out on this day, but it was it was that double header of games we had, wasn't it, where it was Wolves on the Sunday, I think, and then we had Newcastle in the midweek and everyone was sort of looking at it going right we need to, to win these two to stop getting in the relegation battle and after that Wolves game there was, I, I always remember the sort of void of noise after the full-time whistle and everyone was like oh my word this is, this is really terrifying now and then obviously the Newcastle game you have that adversity and then you have the, the 99th minute winner and you know, like you said, Les. I think I think after that one, I felt like I could have gone out all night. But after the I think after the United and Chelsea wins, I just wanted to go home and go to bed. Because it's different it's different, isn't it, when you score a bit earlier and you're just clinging on and clinging on and clinging on. Whereas if you just get that late goal, you're like, yes, yeah. bouncing off the ground, aren't you? But it's I think I think as well, Sarah, what what's great about it and and what, what happened on on Sundays that I think there, there will be people who, who would have gone Would have looked at the the, you know the the idea of doing that and maybe thought it's it's not necessary for them. you know they don't want to get involved in that kind of thing, maybe be on the fence about it all. But I think there'll be loads of people who are on the fence about it now. And maybe I'll I'll probably put myself in this bracket to be fair, who will look at it and look at the impact it's had on the team, look at what the the players have said in Seamus Coleman, look what the manager said after the game, look at the performance in general, and just how, how boss it looked and how fun it looked like outside you know and how you know i've seen so many people saying about how they were talking amongst each other about how they felt like we were going to win out you know even before the game kicked off obviously you have know, the moment with the dog which is just <laughs> hilarious and you know just but it it just it made it just i was just looking at it and like obviously i was desperate to be there anyway but i when i saw it all i thought well the next one i'm definitely going to be there you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to miss that now because it looked absolutely boss.
0: It, it was, you know, it was absolutely incredible. And, you know, as I said, I was I was gutted that I wasn't physically on Goodison Road when that was happening as I was in the stadium prepping to do the show. My sister was on Goodison Road and she was sending me via WhatsApp all these videos. And we could hear from the side of the pitch the chants and just goosebumps, you know, a real lump in my throat and trying to hold the tears back because it was that passion that raw passion and to hear that, if that was affecting us, imagine what that would have done for the for the team pulling up and we've seen the, the content from inside the coach with that some of the players have got on their phones and stuff and you can hear some of the lads going, come on the Toffees and you can't watch that and see it and not be inspired by it and, you know, Snods was saying, these lads must feel 10 foot tall walking in and they did and look at the performances they put in, some of them saved by Jordan Pickford, were just honestly, you know, some of the best saves I've ever witnessed in my life. And he had really no right to make them. Um, The way in which we got the goal from pressing hard and high and and that aggression. And that's all come from the crowd as well. You know, we've seen, look what Leicester did to us. It was clear their game plan was to, in the first 10 minutes, just run your socks off, be aggressive towards them, try and get a goal and watch what it does to the crowd. And it knocked the stuffing out of us. Whereas yesterday, uh, yesterday, Sunday, you know, the build up, everything, we felt 10 foot tall as well. And it was like, come and have a go then. Like, we, we need to fight tooth and nail for this to stay in this league. A draw, you'd have probably taken a draw, but it was like, no, we're winning this game. And as you said, I think for Chelsea to come or Les said, sorry, you know, for Chelsea to come to Goodison four, four times on the bounce and lose isn't heard of really. Um, but we did it. It was almost written in the stars, everything. And it, spe- it stems from that passion and that support and that, you know, just raw emotion. And I hope that we continue to do that for the rest of the games, because maybe some people will say, oh, it's not a bit of me or whatever. Look, it got us the win. It, it really did. Lampard saying we were the people in the match and all that. We have to do everything we can. We can't control what happens on the pitch. We have to do everything that we can to try and impact that and get the lads over the line, certainly in our home games, and and make sure that our beautiful, beloved football club stays in the top flight, you know. I can't comprehend us not being in the Premier League. So I think we have rolled up our season, gone, let's have it then. Don't care what you say, we're Everton. And, yeah, get us that Alsatian pass down Goodison Road. I love all that, by the way. Brilliant.
1: That's your neck of the woods, Sarah, you must have seen, Myra, the, the pooch.
0: I, I think i've seen her on a few walks before but i haven't seen her since i saw the the uh, the, yeah, the article done on her i think um and i'll tell you next time i see her i'm gonna buy her a pack of bonios or something and uh, oh.
1: she's big, <laughs> whatever she, she wants she's big time now we'll be associated she with won't really even, like you yeah, she, won't, yeah. <laughs> will, she she
0: won't even give me the time of day now she'll say former queue but uh, nah, it was just brilliant and i think That image will be, it's an iconic image now. You know, if we do stay up, which we've given ourselves a much better chance now, that's got to be something that goes down in history as one of those famous, iconic Everton images. It's just Everton all over, isn't it? I just love it. Can't get enough of it. I
3: I reckon she'll refuse to walk anywhere now. She'll just walk (laughs) anywhere. That's it. (laughs) Just be carried like a sphinx. Yeah.
0: She's got thousands and thousands of Evertonians that would be willing, I think, at this point. If we, if we stay up and, and she carries on that good, good fortune at Goodison Park, her pause will never touch the floor again.
3: Do you know what's been mad about this season? It's been dismal, but there's been so many moments.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, there's been loads of moments this season where it's been, it's been absolutely brilliant, but it's, it's probably been one of the worst Seasons in living memory, or do you think the moments have just felt
1: a lot better because they've been surrounded by dross?
3: Yeah, potentially. I suppose we have had last minute winners in the past, haven't we? When it doesn't really count for that much. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we have had, yeah, we've had a few late goals, but we've had, we've had the grey goal against Arsenal that was what 93, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wobey was 99, Richardson's equaliser against Leicester was I think, 92. Mm-hmm. So, you know, without, without those goals, you know, it's it, it doesn't really bear thinking about, does it? Really, no.
0: But it's even awesome. the Newcastle game. The reason there was that 14 minutes or whatever it was of injury time is because that fella had uh, t- chained himself to the post. And i would even like sort of forgot about that the other day. And I was talking to Alian about it, and we were just laughing our heads off. Like this football club, we're still in the relegation zone, but the things that are happening, and you just can't help but laugh. So the Alsatian, you know that lad with the stop oil T-shirt, and. There's the fella so putting many... the
1: ball up his top as well. Yeah,
0: the fella putting the ball, you know, <laughs> that we need blue Doodler, or I'm sure I think he's done a few of these already. Yeah. Um, but we need like a montage, just when when the end of the season comes and touch wood, everything carries on going for us, and and we, we stay up. There's some moments that we're just gonna fall apart laughing at, I tell you. It's not if been,
3: we do stay up, yeah. they they need to get on the timeline, all of them.
0: Definitely. We'll go and, and put them, on them the up on the this... <laughs>
3: I think it's uh, I think it's Jack Carl- Carlisle of
1: obviously of this parish who's got that f- thread of ridiculous Everton photos it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think it's gonna get, I think it's gonna have a few more on it by the end by the end of the uh, the season but you know we've spoken about the atmosphere and, and the fans a lot less-
2: when you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself King Super's delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes open the King Supers app and start your cart whatever the cart. Is. When- king supers fresh for everyone delivery times not guaranteed restrictions
3: may apply see site for details
2: when you're a boost member you get free delivery double fuel points and lots more sign up at kingsuperscom slash boost as
1: yes, and of course that that set the, the foundation for the day but it was down to the, the players and the manager to ultimately deliver on that and make the most of that atmosphere and harness it in a positive way and the thing I actually completely forgot about, and sort of went and watched the game back fully the other day, is that if you if you if you go back and we kick the kick off and we got a free kick on the edge of Chelsea's box within ten seconds yeah. of, of the game, and I think I think that just sort of sums up the the, the application. I think obviously for the first twenty minutes we fly out the box uh, the blocks, and then we settle down a little bit, and then in the second half we just go again and think right if we're going to get something here we need to catch these off guard. But it was that. I think we, we were aggressive, as, as Sarah alluded to there, in, in the right spells at the right times. We were very cautious in the right spells at the right times. And I think the manager deserves quite a lot of credit as well for the way in which he, he set the team up. And I imagine for Frank Lampard, winning it in that way against Thomas Tuchel would have been extremely satisfying. Because if you think back to when Tuchel came in at Chelsea and took over his team, Essentially, what he did was obviously he's a really good coach, but he switched to a back three, and all of a sudden they look like a, a much better side than they. Yeah. And he went on to win the Champions League that season. So I think for Lampard to sort of switch to a back three for us and beat the fellow that came in and took his team and changed it into that setup and beat him in that way, I imagine. Um, I imagine Frank would have been very, very pleased with himself on uh, on Saturday night,
3: Something night. Yeah, like- he did. He, he, I mean, he's got a lot of things wrong in the short time. Well, not a lot of things. He's got a few things wrong in the short time he's been here but that is to be expected because he is a young manager coming into a team he knows pretty much nothing about. Um, you know, had we, had we got him in at the start of January, we might not be in this position though. But he's had to make those mistakes to, to sort of find his feet with the club, find out what works with the players. And I thought the... I, I never really like the five at the back because it it's one of those formations that you can't really just drop in and out of. You need to work on it. Um, but I just thought it was so fluid, the five at the back, because Iwobi was playing like a sort of... Uh, just an auxiliary right back, right wing back when we were defending, but he was pushing right up when we were attacking and Coleman was shifting over to go into a four. So I think that, I think that like the, the sort of fluidity between the four at the back and the five at the back, it kind of wasn't dead noticeable. It didn't look like that clunky back five where we're sort of all over the shop and players are running into each other and stuff. I thought it worked really well. So you've obviously been doing a lot of work on that, but, yeah, you, you've got to give Lampard a lot of credit for that. And all all the players, for, you know, for, for just taking on the roles particularly well. Like Richarlison leading the line, he's had a bit of a dog's life doing that this season. But he didn't stop. He never stops, does he? He always keeps going. And, you know, that's how he got the goal ultimately. It was it was the reward for him. Like, closing down, was it Yeah. Closing him down. Uh, Damari Gray was closing down. So, it was just that kind of performance. And it was... I think I don't know. If, I don't know if Carragher said that something on Monday night. He was sort of saying about everything playing long ball, and that's what the fans want. It's kind of a half truth in that because we do like you know just quick attacking football. But I just think the way the players went about it, and they never stopped the ninety odd minutes, 97 in the end, wasn't it? And you do you know what? I knew he was going to add loads of injury time on when he went to Jordan Pickford and said, "Don't time waste," and he didn't even have the ball. Basically, the cross had just about gone out of play and he's straight over to the so saying, like, don't need the time wasting. He didn't have the ball. So he knew that was going to get added but you just can't fault the players. The way he saw the game out get, It was like Man United. He did so well to see the game out at the end. Nothing stupid. Kept it simple. Took it in the corners. Far from Rondon when he got it. Far from him. Rondon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that bit of skill and then the just glory, didn't he? He, <laughs> also, he to sit down on like the ball do. for the ultimate showboat. Unbelievable <laughs> scenes. But yeah, as I said, you, you know, you've you've got to give Frank Lampard a lot of credit for not just for Chelsea, for the Newcastle game and for the, the Man United game, for all the results we ground out really, because we were on our arse when Benitez left. Well, got sacked. Left. Got sacked. There was no, there was nothing there. Wasn't in the team, and he's 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 united the fan base. He's picked the team up, and we're just in we're just in a much better place. No matter what happens now even if he left at the end of the season, he would leave us in a better state, weirdly, than he found us in, even if we got relegated. Does that make sense? I might be talking nonsense there, but I just... No, it does. Yeah, yeah, I just think it, it's the impact that he's had on, on the team and the club since coming in. Everyone's got behind him and uh, it's brought a bit of togetherness and, yeah, I think I think that that performance and that result kind of personified a proper ground out of Everton Went really yeah.
1: it, it I think you could definitely say now it's, if they do go down, they haven't gone down without a fight in these last few weeks. But you know, say what you want about the the early weeks of the season, but certainly since that early game, you looked at those fixtures: United, Leicester, Liverpool, and Chelsea. And someone said you're taking seven points from them. You know, you, you're making Yeah, off, you you sound you, with that. But you know, I did want to focus on a couple of individuals there. And you know, obviously, there's been a lot said about Jordan Pickford and Amina and and Richarlison, But let's one there who I think deserves a lot of credit and one of the reasons why I sort of wanted to speak about him is because it was his birthday yesterday Alex Iwobi and I, I couldn't believe he's only 26 and obviously that's not he's not a young player he's very much at the start of the, the prime years of his career but it just it just sort of made me think that you know th- this is a lad who still has got a, a lot to give and I think after that West Ham game when he makes the mistake that ultimately leads to them score and I, I did worry for him because he's somebody who was maybe shown himself to be a little bit brittle in confidence in the past. But it feels like he's sort of overcome that by just working really, really hard. And he's he's having an impact on games that way with his work ethic and his versatility. And he's just dropping the odd little bit of, of class in there as well. And, and all of a sudden, he's he's gone from being a player, I imagine most people want to see the back of in the summer, to, to a lad who's pretty much integral to everything Frank Lampard's doing. He is. And, you
0: know, just... On the back of what Les has just said there as well about regardless of what happens, definitely what Lampard has done can't be underestimated. And I think look at what he's done to Alex Iwobi. You know, the, the, the lad's confidence was on the floor um, visibly. And as he said, you know, he wasn't somebody that, that got showered with compliments by Everton fans, we'll put it that way. And now, as you said, he's integral and he's become a real fan's favourite. And I think that's so refreshing to see that, no matter where you might be, if you give everything for this club, uh, you know you ca- things can turn around. And as you said, it's not just his work rate; he's, he, he's producing moments of pure class as well. That goal against Newcastle, moments in games, and you just think this is what we this is what we want from you. And I think I saw a, a snippet from an interview in, uh, an interview with him recently where he would said there was a moment I think where. He'd he'd ran his legs off, basically, but then misplaced the pass or something. But the fans were still right behind him. You know, they weren't booing. or It was like because they could see the effort and the determination that was going into everything he was doing till the 90th minute. You know, till the end of the games, he must be ready to pass out, to just drop on the floor because the lad is running all over the pitch, covering every blade of grass and just epitomising what we want from everyone on the pitch. And it drags everybody else with, up with you as well. And you're seeing that. And just, yeah, absolutely delighted for him. And if this can continue, as you said, the lad's just turned 26, heading into his prime, really. You just hope that this does continue. Um, he's obviously playing in his, it more in his preferred position and stuff now as well. But he's just flying. And come the end of the season, if we stay up, he'll he'll have had a massive, massive part to do with that and probably go down as, as a real hero in Everton history. So it is just funny how how things can change, but certainly delighted to see the turnaround for Awobi. Really deserves it. Work ethic, exceptional. Just got to keep that going now for the rest of the season.
1: Definitely. And do you know what, Les? You, you've always said on these shows that, you know, I think you've said Everton fans in general are basic bitches. We're, we're, not, we're not hard to, to please in what they do. And I think Alex Awobi is is a great example of how if you've got the right attitude and you apply you yourself properly, then you can turn things around very, very quickly, can't you?
3: Yeah, we're recording this on May the 4th, so we'll be remiss if I didn't call them obi wan Obi. Oh, my goodness. Um, I had to
0: get that
3: in. <laughs> um, yeah, I love I t- that. I'd say that I read that same interview and it was, it was so nice to see that the penny had dropped mm-hmm. player and you kind of think, you know, if it's dropping with him, it, it must be dropping with the rest of the squad, the, especially after the weekend, you know, the reception they got for, for just running the plums off for 90 minutes, basically. It's like, hopefully it's dropping with the whole squad. That If you just work hard, we will forgive a lot of things. We have seen some shite over the years, so you know, you don't have to do much to fall into that category, but you don't have to do much to come out of that category. Just work really, really hard, and I think he has been you know, in, in these sorts of situations, in ninety-four, Barry Holmes was the sort of cult hero to come out of it. And that goal against Wimbledon turned his Everton career around for me because he was pretty dreadful before that. And then he became integral. And I think it could be the same for a You know, he's he's obviously he's obviously been reignited under Frank Lampard. He's done he's done something to him that's sort of maybe he's just got him to get back to basics and you know, just just work hard because you can. Um And, you know, he could be the cult hero if we stay up. He will be probably the main character and all of this, won't he? Maybe Frank Lampard aside, but he's been the one who sort of surprised us all and been pretty integral in a lot of games. It's like the the West Ham game, like you mentioned, Matt. He was having a really good game. He made one mistake and it led to a goal. That's just dead unlucky. But he's the sort of player who, you know, he's going to try risky things. I know that was a bit of a... I don't think it was the best pass from Michael Keane who was in a bit of a bad position. He wasn't the best option. But he did miscontrol it and, you know, they scored off the back of it and it just, that's one of those things. But it, it it never it never festered with him it never festered with the fans. We got over it. Everyone got over it pretty quickly. I think that's just testament to him and, and how well he's been doing and how hard well he's been working. Which, as you say, that's all, that's all we want, really. And it, and it pays off as well. Yeah, 100%. And, you yeah, know,
1: it's... I think after that West Ham game, I sort of thought, well, you know, we might not see him play well again this season now, or he might drop out the team. Because obviously we've got a lot of players in the same positions, but he's uh, he's nailed down a spot in the side now. And defensively, he was class at the weekend, you know, making sure that Alonso couldn't get in on the back post and stuff like that. Just just doing a, a cracking job all around. I'll come back to you as well, Les, on um, another player I wanted to mention who played on the other side in in Mikalenko. I mean, it would have been unbelievable if that chance had gone in, wouldn't it? You know, straight, straight away after a Charleston scored. And I do sort of look back at it now and laugh at everyone's reaction in the Gladys Street. It is, it is hilarious how it's just like <laughs> a, collect, a collective howl on everyone's face. Um, but, you know, listen, that right side Chelsea's got of, of Mason Mount and Reece James is, has been their go-to and has been, you know, a, a force of nature really for them since, yeah. since she came in. And it, it was always going to be a, a tough game for them. But... He's just looking better and better, isn't he? As the weeks go by, he's had some really tough assignments recently playing up against like Sancho, Salah and and the two lads I just mentioned there. But I I also think as well that the style of football we're sort of playing now where it's a bit more defensive, a bit more deep sitting um, and where he's just effectively got to win the ball back and just carry it as as far as he can really seems to suit him. And he's just starting
3: to look like a, a really useful Premier League player now for us. Yeah, and if you look at it, sort of, he he was kind of on a hide to nothing when he came in, wasn't he? Because he, Luka Dean had come in and replaced Leighton Baines, and we were all dead happy with that. And then Luka Dean went in terrible circumstances, and then we get this kid in no one's heard of, and then he has a couple of games and he's not looking that good. And he's sort of associated with Benitez as well, isn't he? In a way. He, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a, he, yeah, he's a Benitez player exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, brought in to replace Luka Dean, which no one was particularly happy about. Um. But yeah, again, it, it's just hard work and he, he's shown what a good player he is. He's, he's had some tough challenges these last few weeks. He was brilliant against Salah in the derby. Mm. He pretty much pocketed them all game. Um, and yeah, again, in this one, that, that, is a, that is a terrible combination to come up against Mason Mount and Reese James because they are two absolutely world-class players, there's no doubt about it. But he just gets on with his job. He's defensively sound. I reckon maybe next season we might see more a little bit more from the attacking and maybe the overlapping side. But obviously, his remit at the minute is just defend. And sort of being a 90s five at the back, wing back, our ah, last that I am, that's first and foremost what I want me full backs to do. And I, just, I just sat in the park and just shouted, defenders need to defend. First and exactly. That, that's me all over. I, yeah. I'm quite, I just want my defenders to defend. That's I was quite made up when Ancelotti brought in the sort of the, the old Walter Smith throwback of four centre backs. I was going to say, these are the words um, of a man nurtured on the Smith days of six <laughs> <was telling> <laughs> <laughs> No, but you, you can't fault him, can you? He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a young player. He's come to a new country, a new league, which is much better than the old league he was playing in. Obviously, every, everything that's going on in Ukraine. And he's just, he's just come on leaps and bounds in the last few weeks. And he, he just looks like a, a, he, he's never been anywhere else. But in that back line, he's been brilliant. Yeah,
1: absolutely amazing. And I do want to get your thoughts as well, sir, on, on Mikhailenko. But we did have another point come in from um, Matty Snape on Twitter, who said, um, pick for the world Mikolenko Mikhailenko have had loads of praise, but he thinks he's got under the radar. Al Coleman has stepped up over the last few games. He was said he was excellent against Chelsea. And I, th- I think as well, what was really clever from Coleman, just before our time, and maybe Chelsea were getting on top a little bit, Maybe the atmosphere was dipping a tiny bit. As soon as that flashpoint, he was bang straight over and everyone's (laughs) up again then, aren't they?
0: Absolutely. And that is... Seamus Coleman understands this football club more than most in that dressing room. We know that. And yeah, like you said, just getting involved in things, winding the players up as well when there's a little bit of a to-do and stuff. And I love that. You know, he's the nicest bloke in football, isn't he? But when he's on that pitch... He doesn't care. He's a psycho, and that's what we want to see. And I actually think there was a couple of moments, maybe where uh, Fabian Delph kind of grabbed Shul- uh, Seamus Coleman to, re- you know, rein him in a little bit because he is one of us, Coleman. He was feeling all the emotions that we were feeling, and um, you know, he just he just knows how to get us going. And the performances, as you say, because we all know by this stage in Coleman's career. We shouldn't be looking to him to have to start every game for Everton. It's not really fair. He's still doing a fantastic job, but given how long he's been here, how many minutes of football he's played, it's a thankless task, really. He's bound to make the odd mistake and things like that. But I'd say more often than not, he's been very, very good for us this season, um, particularly in recent weeks. And it, it's, it's great to see that from him. And you can see how much he cares, you know, after the, after the games as well. He's really happy, but he's like, right, it's on to the next focus. We've got to stay focused. We've got to stay focused. He knows what it means to this club. It would just be the thought of us getting relegated. is just I I can't comprehend it. I know we're in that position, uh, but he's fighting tooth and nail, just like the rest of us to stay in this league. And, you know, come the end of the season, hopefully if we have got safety, God bless Seamus. I just need him to have a, a good holiday and a good rest because you can see he carries it on his shoulders, you know, the weight of it all and what it means. He understands it. And yeah, he he for Mikalenkos, for, for your Minas, Pickfords, Richarlison's, Damari Gray I thought was excellent as well, uh, Iwobi. Seamus is right up there. Fantastic with what's being asked of him as well. Real, real legend of this football club.
3: One of my favourite moments in the game was in the second half when he picked the ball up and he just legged it. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely, there's no step-overs, there's no frills, there's nothing. He's just like, right, I'm going there, and someone's going to have to stop me at some point. And he, he eventually, I think he, he must have...
0: He wins me. a throw, doesn't he, as well? He, he are, Yeah. That was a
3: throw. It's in the build-up to Mikalenko's chance, wasn't it? Yeah, but he just, it's just like, right, I'm going, and you can come and try and get me. And he just runs past people. It's like, there's no, there's no real skill involved. It's just pure adrenaline, and power and he just goes
0: determination fight oh, which
3: goes the aggro as well
1: <laughs> yeah. into that. I, I think i think that position as he goes later into his, into his career sort of playing on the, the right of a back three as a center off i think that could really suit him
2: dear gas prices go take a hike toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years the toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, deer gas prices? Do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.
1: Based on manufacturer estimates CY2000 2000 through 2021 sales. But yeah. it obviously depends on how how much we we continue to play that but but listen, uh, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable day um, as well. And um, I don't think Sarah can speak about this bit, Les. But what did you think when Richarlison chucked
3: the smoke <laughs> bomb back into the the fans? I I didn't see it, so that was a very awesome thing. answer that, wasn't it? Well, uh, <laughs> let's let, let just clarify. I, I'm not. I don't think anyone's entirely sure where he really threw it. So all, all I saw. Like we like obviously the goal winners, we were all celebrating. Then I saw a flare, a flare, a smoke bomb, sorry, get thrown onto the pitch. Not an incendiary device, it's a smoke bomb.
0: <laughs>
3: the pitch, and then I just saw one sort of go across the street end. Like, who the hell threw that? And then after the game, I think Matt Flusk showed me a screensaver, which was for Charleston with the smoke bomb in his hand. I was like, did, did that happen? Because I didn't see any of it at all. But from what I saw, The smoke bomb sort of flew towards the big screen and hit the wall and bounced in. But no-one was hurt, no harm was done. And as you said, Sarah, before, it's another iconic moment, isn't it? It is. Ah, if any picture ever deserves to go onto the side of a building, it's that. It's Richarlison with the smoke bomb in his hand, isn't it?
0: Well, this is it, and I think, you know, I can't speak for obviously everyone that was in the street end, but I think you'd struggle to find anyone in the street end who's going to have a crossword against Richarlison. The lad's an absolute hero. He's just scored a goal that could be... Well, it will be influent- influential in what happens. It's give us a real fighting chance. And the raw emotion, we're all guilty of when we're in such high-pressured, high-emotional emotion, emotional moments. We, we adore this football club, you know, and... He's in the, in the moment of the passion. He's picked it up it almost in a like, yes, kind of celebratory thing. And he's dashed it in the corner towards the screen. There was not nobody going, oh, he's thrown a flare. And as you said, it's a smoke bomb. It's not a flame. It's not a light. Um, I, I, I haven't found a single Evertonian who said, oh, you know, it was dangerous. I, I, I think we're all like, you know, in hindsight, maybe shouldn't have done it because we all know what football's like. But there was no malice in that. He's not intended to hurt anyone. It's an iconic image. And hopefully, you know, it might be, we've seen it with other players, haven't we? Hopefully it's a little slap on the wrist and we move on from it. It's certainly not been done to cause any harm and... You know, I think it it looked class. (laughs) So when he's got it in his hand, it's just barking, you know, so...
1: I mean, like, what's he supposed to do after he's picked it up like that? Just place it down neatly at the side of the pitch? Come on.
0: Get a little, you know, bloody thing out and start hosing it down and stuff. It's it's the heat at the moment.
1: Get him a bucket of water to put it in, (laughs) Uh, like a sparkler or something, but... Yeah, just an amazing day. So many incredible images coming out of it. Um, and I think, as Lazar and said, that will be the main one. And just to finish off, off, um, obviously, we've got to look ahead. It's Leicester on Sunday. Of course, they've got a game on Thursday. They go to Rome uh, to play the second leg of their semifinal in the Europa Conference League. We've had a couple of questions about that. So Joe said, we're not trying to be overly negative. I think we need at least four points from these away games or else it'll go to the last game. Thoughts on the points we need. And Dan Sage just said Southampton could get dragged into this. They're on 40 points, but with only three games left. And their games are Brentford away, Liverpool at home, Leicester away. So, essentially tricky end to the season for them. Brentford, of course, are on 40 points as well. So, if Southampton win that, they might get dragged into it. But, but Sarah, look, look, looking at it now, obviously... <laughs> I, I still think for me, you know, absolutely made up on a high. I, I think I think we are going to do it. We are going to get ourselves out of this now. But I also think if we are going to get ourselves out of it, that away form's got to change. Yeah. You know, I, think, I think we've got to go to either Leicester on Sunday or Watford in midweek and win one of those two games.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think you've got to win one of them. Even if it was a loss at Leicester and then you beat Watford and win the two home games that would then be nine points more. We're on 32 now, are we? So that would take us to 41, which I think would be enough. I don't want us to lose to Leicester because that's when you start to think psychologically, oh, we've gone away from home. We've lost. So I would take, I'd take a point at Leicester now, honestly. If if we won, I'd be over the moon. But, you know, even though they've got the game in Rome tomorrow, they're going to be tired. They should be physically fatigued. Mentally, they're not going to, you know, Their their league position is what it is. They're they're not going to get Europa their best chances by winning this thing that they're in. So we should want it more. The fans that are going there are going to be so up for it. And I think psychologically for these players, if we could go and get a win, that would just be massive. For a team who's got six points, I think, away from home all season, which is appalling. We all know that. If we could go to Leicester and get a win, you know, hopefully overtake either uh, Burnley or, or Leeds, given... You know what, what fixtures they've got, but yeah, I think I think at least three out of the next two away will be needed. They're very capable of doing it. I just hope that we take that same fight and desire that we have from home and 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 take it there and you know take the fight to them. We need the points more than they do. We should want it more than they do. Let's have it.
1: How, how are you seeing a shape up? There's obviously Burnley played Villa at home the day before, and then. Yeah. What's going to be what's going to be horrible is that Arsenal against Leeds is at the same time as was against Leicester at the weekend, so it could be a case of having the uh, the wireless result a bit early, <laughs> like you know, like you see on the last day down the years. There'll be Head a few, when there'll be a few in the away end on the Sky Go watching that game as as well as ours, won't there?
3: Does anyone know if you can get a signal in the King's <laughs> Stadium, or is it like well, this is where we might have to take like a oh. little? do
1: you know what Um, thank god we're not at at home on the last day because no one will be able to get a signal
3: can you imagine no one will be able to check the scores
0: sheer panic (laughs)
3: horrific (laughs) Um, yeah do you know what I think Leicester Leicester are there for the taking I think at the weekend Um, as Sarah said you've got a massive game um, against Roma at Roma I don't want any English clubs to do well in Europe and that's at Everton but I'm kind of thinking, do I want Leicester to go through to the final of this Euro conference? Because that will totally distract them from the league. That will become their main focus. They're safe. They're not going anywhere up. They're not going to get into the Euro by league position. They're pretty much out of that. Their season hinges on that Have they get through. So part of me thinks, for us, that would be good if they got through um, because they'll they'll be throwing all their eggs into that basket. As we saw it against Tottenham at the weekend, we put out a weekend side there and they got smacked. Um, yeah, I think we've we've got to go into this game positively. You know, our away form, as you said, has been absolutely dreadful this season. But we've got we've got to look at this game differently and just go into it. And you know, as I said before, I think Lampard's found a system that, that's working. It, it worked for an hour at Anfield, and you know, may have worked for a bit longer if we got the penalty. There's no reason why it can't work at Leicester. you know, they're going to have very much the same sort of quick attack against us. Uh, so I, I I don't see why we can't just play that system again. Um, it's good that we've got Watford soon after as well, straight away, because that if we do get beat at Leicester, that will give us a very good chance to bounce back before the weekend's next round of fixtures. The only thing that concerns me there is Watford have got an absolutely horrific home record and uh, time for Everton meme comes out again, doesn't it?
1: 12 in a row, they've lost their home.
0: Oh, don't.
3: I know. It's, yeah. Just don't. <laughs> oh. But I mean, do you know what? But I mean, you, you look at I mean, you look at Watford in that first half at the weekend. I tweeted at the time if they play like this, they'll leather them. They were so good in that first half against Burnley, you should have been about three up, but you were Yeah, and then Burnley, they were nothing special in the second half, but managed to fashion two goals from nothing. So I think that that is how vulnerable Watford are. You can't take it for granted at all because we're pretty wretched and they stuck three past four past us in what in. Fifteen minutes of good score, <laughs> good which is still that. etched on my eyeballs. Those goals. Has Josh King scored again all season?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, no, stop this now! Not not bloody all <laughs> the last twelve home games. Josh King hasn't scored. Oh, bad oh, enough. I'm going. It's, <laughs> you know what?
3: It's, do you know it's really difficult? It's really difficult to to sort of call the points total you'll need to stay up this season. Yeah. All along, it's been it's going to be so low. It's going to be really low this season. But there's only two clubs that have been cut adrift. And everyone else is sort of edging towards that 40-point mark. So it could be... I think, I think Palace went down once on like 43 points or something stupid like that. It could... You know, it's, it's one of those seasons where if us, Burnley and Leeds start pulling out some mad results, it could start creeping up. It'd be great if Carl dropped into it, wouldn't it? That'd be lovely. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice just to have one more team just, you know, find themselves... Yeah. Wouldn't it? You know, Yeah, because just... I think it is one of three now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it, it, the thing is, the important thing is it's in our hands. After Saturday, had we got beaten on Saturday, it, it, I don't think it would have been would it. No, we'd have been out no, of our hands. back with a game in hand. We've done our bit to keep it in our hands, so we just we just got to do the old cliche: take every game as it comes. I'm pretty confident. I've got tickets for both of them as well. Go on, I
0: mean, Les. Yeah,
3: I'm going going uh,
1: Leicester on Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah. What for the way? <sighs> God. So looking looking forward to them both. That is that is a massive one, now.
2: weirdos,
1: are aren't we? <laughs> as, as Sarah said, I think it's going to be it'll be absolutely bouncing at the King Power on on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I, I don't care if Leicester win or or lose tomorrow; I just want them to go to extra time.
0: Just tired less. Yeah. That's what we want. And yeah. you know, looking at Watford, they are so far out of it now that you'd think you know they've got nothing really to fight for other than the fact they clearly hate us. And they proved that again on Saturday. But, you know, you've got to think, come on, you know, three points at least out of them two. And then I think if we carry on the fans like we have at Goodison, and I think we will back it up with the big, you know, coach welcome. And if that's what it takes, let's get it done. And I think that should be enough in the home game. So let's get let's get something out of these next two aways. And just hopefully Burnley... because. We've done all right in our last get since Burnley away. We've done well. We were unlucky against them lot, you know. We we we've done well. We Leicester at home probably should have won, but we've we've picked up good points in the fixtures we've had. It's just that they've gone on this mad run. But I keep telling myself that's going to stop at some point. Hopefully, it stops when they play Villa this weekend, and hopefully, we can go to the King Power and get something and one yeah. week closer to.
1: Hopefully, safety. <laughs> I've always liked Steven Gerrard, me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cracking manager. Always <laughs> a cracking manager. What, what a fella! What a fella! <laughs> um, and Luca Dean as well. <laughs> <laughs> Go
0: on, Luca, lad.
1: But um, just just before we uh, wrap up, as if the, the lads were enough drama drama for one weekend, Sarah, uh, Walton Hall Park. Um, I mean, just do you want to just explain what happened? Because I, I was sort of trying to follow this game on on Twitter and I was looking at it and I saw they were getting beat 1-0 and then I switched back on five minutes later and it was two all. Oh, mate. <laughs> it was in the last five minutes?
0: Oh, yeah, it was. And it was chaos as well because obviously I'd, I'd been at Goodison all day, worked the game, had tears in my eyes, was emotionally on, the, I felt like a balloon that had been popped. And then I walked to Walton Hill Park to go and cover that game, which I love, but my head was everywhere. So much adrenaline, so much craziness. So I thought, come on, nice game for the Blues here. But they scored early on in the game. Spurs went ahead after about three, four minutes. Stayed that way till about the 85th minute when we equalised through Dan Turner. They, 52 seconds later, went down the other end to make it 2-1. So we're deflated again, you know. And then Meg Finnegan pops up with a header in injury time. And although it was a point, it was the last game of the season at home. And, you know, the late drama, the the dogged determination to not give up. You know, it would be very easy to pull one back, think you're going to get a draw, then they fly up the other end score again to let the heads go. But very much like we saw in the men's game, just that fight, determination. The fans were amazing. Um, and they, they popped up with the equaliser, Meg Finnegan. And it was a lovely way. We wanted the win, but it was a lovely way to round off things at Walton Hall Park. And yeah, let's just say I slept like an absolute log. On Sunday night, I, don't, I think I might have missed Monday. To be honest, I was just done emotionally, physically bereft of everything. But that's nah, brilliant. That's what Everton's all about, isn't it?
1: They're gonna kill us off this football club. <laughs>
0: <Honestly>. <laughs> like that, I mean, our palpitations. <laughs> honest to God, it's it's hard. Yeah. Not long to go, boys. Not long yeah, yeah, to go.
1: Absolutely. But uh we will leave it there this week. Cheers for listening. Uh, thanks to Sarah. Thanks to Les. Uh, me, Les. Mark Mosey and maybe a few others will be at Leicester on Sunday, so you'll be hearing from us after the game then. Um, hopefully, with a massive three points. bag for the Blues. Thanks very much for tuning in. Keep the faith. for not
2: Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of one3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.